Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Galactica Actually. Hello. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, I feel I have I have a case of hypoxia right now and I'm feeling a little, feeling a little loopy. <laughs> Um, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, uh, ADL Jackson and my host, Jamie Smith, co-host. <laughs> We're a mess. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. It, you know, I'm still trying to get into the rhythm of just like life. You know, I was gone for like a, over, like over a month. So I'm still not, I'm, like, I'm just not all quite there just yet. Sure. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. And I, I had a re I had a recent, um, I had to switch everything over to a new computer because my old computer was like just running really slowly and working a lot on setting that stuff up. And it it was affecting my preparation for the episode. It was just all these things were happening. And I'm blaming it all on a Cylon virus. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with things. (laughs) Um, How are you doing? I'm all right. Just making travel plans, you know. Yeah, so I we were talking about this a little bit offline, and my mem- my memory of this episode is one part very distinct, and then another part super muddled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, there are certain elements I knew for a fact were in this episode, but then there are other elements where. Like, my brain just was, like, I couldn't remember what episode these events took place. Right. And then I was, uh, you know, we have, I bought, I bought the Blu-ray, and I planned on sitting down to watch, I always like to watch the director's commentary for each episode, and there was no director's commentary for Flight of the Phoenix on the Blu-ray. And I distinctly remember back in 2007 or 8, whenever this episode aired, listening to it. So I was like, where is it? So I went online to see if I could find it. 
and there's a location where I go where I can find like the audio, mm-hmm. and it, I clicked the link and it wasn't there. <laughs> so I found a transcript which I read of it, but as I was reading that transcript back in the day, uh, Ron Moore he uploaded the episode late because he, this is kind of tied to our last last episode. Because he recorded the whole commentary, and then he realized that it wasn't all there, <laughs> so he had to redo it. There are so many like things that I feel are broken about this episode. <laughs> it all kind of lines up for me. I don't know how you feel. Well, I didn't know all of that, and if if our lost episode had been this one, that would have been really strange but I guess it still could happen knock on wood and it doesn't I don't know for me like even though I just did a whole rewatch of this right when we first started doing this show I still when I think back the individual elements of this episode in my memory are different episodes so Mm -hmm. Sharon helping them out with this Cylon virus was not in the same episode as when the Blackbird is built. In my mind, those were like individual episodes. So when I started watching this and realized at first it starts out with Tyrrell looking at this Viper and like kind of realizing that it's not fixable. And I realized like, oh, this is the Blackbird episode. And then you know, very shortly after we start seeing like problems happening in the ship. And I was like, wait, this is the, the Cylon virus episode. I didn't realize they were the same thing. So I don't know why, you know, certain things stand out and yet none of it came together for me and I think maybe it's because this to me this episode feels pretty disjointed like there's two separate stories happening here and it's not like they have to tie together but they don't make sense happening at the same time yeah I so in the transcript I read because I couldn't actually listen to it uh he he talks Ron Moore talks about uh how the inception of this episode actually was it was more high concept like uh the episode previous their high concept of, uh high, the high concept was that it was going to be shot completely documentary style um and documentary or documentary <laughs> um and then this episode was the intention was from the inception was to actually have it all take place in the hangar deck and as they were kind of developing it more and more they realized that it like it it would it was taking it would take a lot more work to make that happen than either they had like the time or effort or whatever and there was other stories that they needed to tell so they moved it out of just from the hangar deck and i think that's a piece of why it does because yeah it does jump back and forth and even the even the bits that like kind of tied together don't necessarily feel like they should be there. Like one in particular, and this again, I read read this in the transcript. Um, There's that scene in particular with, um, with uh, D and um, 
Lee fraternizing mm-hmm. um, while they were fi- the fighting, and that that just comes out. It's it's super weird. It kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. Um, I feel like a lot of stuff feels like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that to me that was like the biggest the biggest one. But it, yeah, all I mean there there are plenty for sure, um, and because it doesn't quite like. The building, of, basically, the building of the Blackbird is a certain vibe, mm-hmm. and dealing with the Cylon virus that's breaking down the ship is another vibe. So it doesn't quite feel like they would be going back and forth between those two things at the same time. Exactly. Like you would think that everybody in the hangar deck would be as concerned about the Cylon logic bomb that's happening on their ship. And yet when we're in the scenes building the Blackbird, nobody whatsoever is concerned with what's happening on the rest of the ship because they're focused on this. And I know that this is supposed to be sort of an inspiring story for Chief and for the rest of the crew that they built something, that they have something to work towards, that they have something to be proud of. I feel like this would have been a more successful episode if they had just done the episode with, like, they intended, all in the hangar deck. Just about the, and they could even, like, seed in some of this other stuff, like the Hilo stuff and Starbuck defending him and his fight with Chief and all that stuff kind of ties into chief's story and and save the logic bomb and like d and lee flirting and their their connection building and that kind of stuff the stuff with rosalind returning the book and the relationship between her and adama is sort of growing slowly all of that could have been in a different episode but obviously it's like they ran out of time they knew that Pegasus was next. They had to get to right. a point with Pegasus. So maybe they took too long to wake Adama up to get Starbuck and Hilo back to the ship to have Sharon on the ship. Like maybe we could have lost an episode earlier. Yeah. And he, he even talks about how, you know, there there was a, a thought of maybe they could have done the building of the blackbird over the course of a few episodes like that was something that they discussed but ultimately they and i and i agree like ultimately like emotionally it just kind of it feels a little bit better if they do it all in one episode but like you said there's all this other stuff that they have to tend to um he and again he uh, he also talks about it like in terms of and i see this a lot in the in the other episodes there's almost like there is a burden or so to speak of having to to just deal with plot elements sometimes Mm -hmm. and 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 so like the character stuff is the blackbird right and then the plot though they need a plot so it ends up being the cylon logic bomb um i think if they had built the blackbird over several episodes it it also would have been a more successful story because having it take place all in such a short amount of time makes me question like how did they how did they build this so fast it's out there mm. flying it's been a day like are you are was a day i I don't know how long was the <laughs> virus attacking the ship because yeah, I, when I didn't think about the when Gata's like 
it's going to take days to go through all this code. And Ty's like, we don't have days. So that resolution has to be really fast. Otherwise, they're going to be under fire very soon. Yeah. But the I mean, Blackbird I... is built in the exact same amount of time. Yeah. I mean, I have this issue with certain things on the show, and I always kind of let them slide. Like, you know, I, I, I was hung up for a while and just like how I was – paying really close attention to the timeline this time while watching because I'm like, how did Adama get shot? And then he's like up and around like, you know, yeah. later, you know? Um, and there's other stuff like that too. So I definitely, I definitely agree that there, it might've gone a little too quick, but you know, then I, there is that whole like, yeah. in the very next episode's Pegasus. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they just might've had to get, they had to kind of get to it. There's, um, they needed the blackbird with, um, for, for what happens later. They need yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a scene with, um, there's a scene with, uh, this, that in that scene with, uh, Lee and, um, D, uh, there was, I think there was a discussion actually to, to open, um, pegasus with that scene um but then for some reason they ended up just keeping it in this in this particular episode because i think there's um and i guess we'll, we'll talk about this so there's a there's an extended something i never knew <laughs> there's an extended cut of pegasus um mm -hmm. that is sort of like has all of the extra like stuff that that they intended to have in it when that when that episode was going to be airing, they didn't have the option to like have it be a ninety minute episode, so they didn't like move that scene over, and which it, it would have made more sense to be there than where we're at in this episode. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, emotionally, it ends. Um, I mean, it, it works for me emotionally, and kind of just like with some other elements of the show i just i like let some of the logistics slide yeah <laughs> you know? when i wasn't you know picking the show apart to analyze it in the way that we're doing i didn't really notice all of these sort of nitpicky things but when i was right. thinking about it in a very critical way watching it the other day i realized mm -hmm. like oh this why is all of this happening at the same time and how does it make sense? Mm -hmm. But I guess it doesn't have to. It's just everything on this show tends to be, you know, for the most part, well plotted out and uh, logical. And this all mm -hmm. feels like we needed to do this for later. And yeah, there's so much that we don't see too. Uh, I mean, just reading reading the transcripts and also watching the deleted scenes like there is a whole sequence with with Baltar and Six that they cut out um the episode doesn't end the way that it does in the final cut um there's yeah so there's like the way that they wrote it is definitely wasn't necessarily intended for it to be this way and then a lot of the changes actually ended up happening in editing mm -hmm. so that might have something to do with it as well so it's like when it's written it you know there, there's an there's an idea behind it that just doesn't come through when they end up editing things so there's that even in this episode there's scenes that they've moved around so 
like for instance the the scene with Rosalind and the ship at the end actually came before the test flight um, in the script, but then they realized that the actual emotional bit of the sh- episode was that part and not the test flight. So there's that's you know I know that's there's the art of creating things. There's also the fact that apparently, and I didn't go back to look at this, but apparently, uh, when you see all of the vipers out fighting Cylons, especially um, or particularly after. Uh, Sharon shoots a logic bomb back at them so they're disabled mm-hmm. uh, the blackbird's out there and oh, is it? yeah <laughs> so that's like a VFX goof huh. and it's not supposed to be there because it hasn't done its flight yet it has done uh-huh. its test flight so yeah it feels like a lot of things t- this, this episode was pieced together instead of a cohesive story that it needed to be yeah he i mean he did talk about he didn't go into specifics but he did talk a lot about the editing <laughs> he, he said like a lot of, he's like a lot of the magic happens in editing so that he, he didn't really get into it uh, but, but that's probably what you that's probably what oh you were talking about. a lot of the uh <laughs> mistakes seem to happen in editing as well <laughs> uh, or yeah, the know, magic is taken post. away yeah, fix it and post. Um, yeah, that's uh, you know, it it happens. There's always things, you know. But uh, even you know, there's like there's movie sites dedicated to um, or uh, websites dedicated to movie uh, flubs, right? And continuity errors, you know. So they yeah. all happen, but... right? So I would say if I was going to give this episode a grade, mm-hmm. it would get like a C plus. Wow, really? Maybe a B minus. Because there's, I mean, there's stuff in here that I feel is important. The stuff with Sharon is important. Because Mm -hmm. she does something for them. She doesn't have to. She never had to give that option. It clearly was something that was painful to do. Not emotionally, but like physically painful. She didn't have to do it. She chose. Just like she chose to be with Hilo and she chose to go against her people. She's choosing to help them. That's important. The blackbird and and the stuff with Chief is important, but I I don't know. It just it because it feels so disjointed to me. I can't give it like a really high grade in my mind. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're talking in fractions here because like it's not black market. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's kind of where I was hesitating because I'm like. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how to formulate my joke, but uh, yeah, I was like, "Well, what, like, what grade? Just off the top of your head, even what, like, what would you give Black Market? Like a D? I mean, it, that's hard to say because, as as inessential as Black Market is to the overall story, it's the first episode I ever saw, so I have some kind of like, oh, <laughs> look at this piece Feel of shit." <laughs> It's an adorable little piece of garbage, but it doesn't fit. It's not a good episode. It probably is a D. So yeah, I guess this yeah, would be still... like a B minus. I mean, I'm I'm actually looking forward to like I've never said the, I've never said these words before, but I'm I am looking forward to watching that episode in the context that I'm watching it in and now, you mm-hmm. know, and um, because I do 
Yeah, I mean it's not, it's not the black market episode, but I do think it. It's a it like in a certain in a certain way it is a. I don't even want. I don't want. It's like it pains me to like to mouth these words, but in a way it is a good episode. I just don't think it's like a good Battlestar Galactica episode based on the context of like everything that's been set forward right but it does certain things that are actually are that are actually interesting it's just like it's so against like characters and yeah you know of um, anything else it would probably be a great episode but Battlestar, and i mean because i when i first saw it had nothing to compare it to i was like whoa this show's so good and everybody in the room was like the fuck was that <laughs> <laughs> right yeah because it, it, it just it goes against so many things that have been established but it does take risks and i think that's kind of why they like i mean that's why they did it um it just didn't work out but like i mean had bill duke in it and like you know if it had been like maybe if it had been starbuck instead of apollo it might have played differently but i don't you know i don't know but anyway we'll get to that in a few episodes we have to go over flight of the phoenix then pegasus then uh the two episodes ship. after yeah resurrection ship one and two and then requiem i think it's the episode after that uh, and then so requiem something and then i think black market if i'm not mistaken so um, we've got a ways let's see Epiphanies. Epiphanies. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know how I got Requiem, but we have some time to get ready before we get to yeah that abomination. Epiphanies <laughs> is a weird one too. Yeah, it's actually funny. I was because I you know I had been looking ahead and I saw Epiphanies and like I kind of don't remember. <laughs> that episode at all i was trying to think of like what happens in that and i i don't know all right so yeah so flight of the phoenix um it's very you don't watch star trek but there's a episode um sort of reminiscent of this episode is reminiscent of another one from star trek voyager where they build a ship called the delta flyer and it has sort of like a a similar tone to it where they are trapped and bored and they need something to believe in and do. Um, once again, Voyager fails on anything with that has to do with deep character and they kind of sail past any, anything of depth. And so this show actually kind of like goes in on, on like how that would actually feel and what they'd have to do and all that other stuff. Um, so yeah, we, uh, open, um, with Tyrrell, uh, working on a wrecked Viper. He's worried, like the way he's dealing with it, it's very like, it, again, it gets a little bit into his character. Cause you kind of see how he like, and he's like the intuitive nature of what he has to do. So it's not necessarily just like this mechanical thing that he does. Or maybe he, it's because like, he's a Cylon. I definitely was thinking that, but like. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> he's in, he's in, in he's like, treating this viper the way that Boomer was treating yeah. the raider. Right, right. So, in in an in universe sense, absolutely. In 
sort of like a production sense absolutely not <laughs> like because that wasn't even an idea at the time right for him to be a Cylon so so yeah it was just but it's interesting to see the way that he you know is like dealing with the Viper and working with it and um and then while he's working on the Viper um it cuts to flashbacks of him with Sharon mm-hmm. um kind of noteworthy that like I, you know, I kind of connecting the two <laughs> as he's working on this wrecked viper, and then at the very end of it, he just like gives up and he slaps an unserviceable scrap sticker on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, and I kind of dawned on me that the the name of the episode, "The Flight of the Phoenix," is actually um, I don't know, more about Tyrol than anything else. I always kind of thought about it as in terms of the ship, but ship's not called the Phoenix, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit uh, about how I think the everyone kind of finds a reason to live again, but specifically with uh, Tyrol, it's about that for him. Um, while he's working on the the Viper over in the and the pilots the pilot rec room, uh, Starbuck and Hot Dog and Racetrack and a few others are playing um, playing. Is it was it, was it Triad? I can't, I, it's tried for the card game, right? Yeah. Pyramid, yeah. Um, I didn't, I failed to look up the name. Um, the uh, the red-haired pilot. His name is Duck. Duck, that's right, yeah. Because I was like, oh yeah, Duck. <laughs> Forgot about that He's guy. very um, rude to my boy Hilo yeah. here. He's very rude, yeah. And so, yeah, so Hilo enters and, like, everyone's giving him side-eye, side-eye. Lots of looks. <laughs> yeah. They're not happy. And um, he, you know, he feels it. Uh, he kind of tells he's kind of getting shunned a little bit. Um, Starbuck invites him to take a seat. Um, he kind of reads the room and he's like, never mind. And he leaves. Um, uh, when he exits, uh, let's say Duck, I think, says or it's either duck or um racetrack it's duck oh race it's duck oh racetrack i'm so disappointed in her in this episode um but anyways she (laughs) (laughs) calls him a cylon lover (laughs) and uh it's a it's an interesting again i i gushed episodes before about this but i absolutely love the relationship between starbuck and Hilo. yeah i just I when I'm watching this, like I'm thinking about it, and like in terms of fiction, I think they're like one of my favorite like duos, you know, just like the relationship. I just love it because she sticks up for him, but it's like she doesn't like she doesn't have to, and she also understands like what the other people are thinking, but it's like her friend, right? Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't because she's like, I don't care who he fracks. He saved my life down there, but then she's like. You know, I hear everyone here was high-fiving our Sharon right before she shot Adama. The bastards will frack with your head. So, you know, she's like towing the line of like, I don't, I don't, he's my friend. I don't care who he fell in love with. It doesn't change how I feel about him. But also that Cylon clearly fucked with him. Like she still believes that Sharon's manipulating him. Yeah, which it's fair. Yeah. They wiped out 60 billion people. But she's also, like, stood up for Sharon already in the past. Like, Mm -hmm. no, she's the reason we're alive. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, even with, they, they, I mean, they play this on the show. It's, I mean, it's a very complicated relationship. And even as a viewer, um, and especially watching it the, the first time I watched it, it's like, you know, I was, I mean, you know, okay, yeah, she's like, she's on their side. But I'm like, yeah, but how much on their side are, is she? And she doesn't really nail down her, like, her status until like season three, I think. And it kind of happened off screen, right? Well, um, yeah. But then she, there's still a, like, I think we trust her. And then there's that question when she finds out about Hera being alive and has yeah. Hilo shoot her so that she could download. Mm -hmm. There's a question of whether her loyalty has changed. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and we'll get so, to all of that. But like, I think ultimately she just keeps proving over and over again where her loyalty actually lies. And I think it lies with the fleet, but it lies with Hilo more than anything. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And so, like, if I, as a viewer, knowing what I know, I'm questioning, then it makes sense that yeah, like Starbuck or anybody else would. Um, meanwhile, um, right after. Uh, Tyrol slaps the unserv unserviceable scrap sticker on the Viper. Um, like we see, uh, that Callie is out, so she's getting a little uh, celebration from the knuckle draggers. And um, <laughs> the chief walks in super depressed, it's like Eeyore. Um, and in my notes, I wrote, Hey, Celix, because she's back. Callie tries to thank the chief and he just, he kind of shuts all that down and he makes it very distant and he's like, you know, we need all the knuckle draggers we can get. Mm -hmm. So do your, do your job, whatever. Um, takes off. So he ends up, uh, we see Hilo after I guess he left the card game. He's sulking in a Raptor drinking and Tyrol shows up and he's been drinking also. And he first, I think he first starts by saying how sh uh, Sharon couldn't trap her landings. Mm -hmm. uh, she did it like, I think she's like 41 times or something. You should have seen the bottom of the Raptor was all scrapped up and stuff. And Hilo kind of responds. It's like, well, because she was, uh, she, you made her nervous <laughs> and she was afraid that you were watching. So they kind of go back and forth and it like kind of reveals their perspective but behind uh, their relationship to Sharon. Mm -hmm. um, so then we go back to this is one of those this is one of those openings that like jumps back and forth between different scenes. This is another sort of like um, revelatory revealing. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Or, <laughs> it's about the plot. It's about the character plot that we talked about mm -hmm. before. <laughs> so they're you know back in the car game and then uh, racetrack. Um, she folds and she kind of intimates that she has, she knows she has a losing hand. Starbuck pushes back. It's like, you know, why don't you take a, take a risk? And, and like racetracks like, well, cause like I can see the crease <laughs> in the cards you're holding. It's like the same cards we play with all the time and it's, I'm over it. Right. So she gets up and she leaves. She does this little power move by dragging her jacket over Starbuck. And then I was like, oh, cool, racetrack. You, you show her. Um, and then uh, Starbucks says she's going to go find Hilo. 
And then Ray, <laughs> Ray Strax kind of gives her a parting shot. Says something about uh, Hilo something whores and doing tricks or something. She says maybe that Cylon whore taught him a few tricks. Yeah, taught him a few tricks, yeah. It was like, you... you... I mean, no, actually, that's not nice. And then um, Starbucks stops. And then I had I had a flashback to when <laughs> Starbucks punched uh, a tie. Because I was like, oh, man, she's going to do it. But she, she takes a racetrack by the neck and straggles her a little bit. She slams her into um, the table. Yeah. She's, and she's not having it. And there's also, like, this tension between the two of them because racetrack is complaining about how, like, there's everything it sucks the bad food endless rotations pretending that a card game is the highlight of the day and starbucks like well it's not gonna last forever because earth is out there and racetrack's like right we could all be chasing our tails over some half-assed planetary planetarium show and at first i was like what the hell is she talking about and then i remembered like oh yeah not everybody like zoomed to the real earth or whatever in that hallucination so (laughs) <laughs> um, they've just heard about it so you yeah. know racetrack is kind of not goading her but kind of goading her unintentionally so when when she actually does goad her by insulting and insinuating that starbuck is going to go find Hilo so she can fuck him starbuck is just like okay yeah we're not doing this and instead of punching her she just grabs her and slams her into a table which might be yeah. growth i i i mean yeah like starbuck i mean she wasn't out of i don't know it, it just it shows the it shows the tensions on the ship which mm-hmm. is the whole point of this entire um endeavor with the uh the blackbird yeah um so back in the hangar deck chief and Hilo are kind of squaring off um you know, Tiro's talking about, oh, no, um, yeah, Tiro's talking about, like, kind of, like, his dreams that he had with her. Um, Hilo's getting defensive. Chief, he he called, like, he says something to the effect of, like, you're, go back with your freak, your baby that's a freak or something. Well, they're um, arguing about, there. I mean, this had to happen between them, where Hilo is like, look, I'm sorry things just happened i know how she felt about you she you know she maybe i'm or no tyrell's like maybe i'm I'm just an idiot because i thought we were gonna get out of the service and get married and have kids but maybe that was her plan all along to make me look stupid and he calls her a toaster and hilo's like Mm. don't call her that and then Tyrrell says I should probably be grateful because that freak in her belly could have been mine. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start to really go at it and f- punch each other and throw each other around. And Chief does this whole like... thing with like a wrench. Like, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilo pushes. It's, it's kind of an interesting fight because Hilo pushes Tyrrell like first right after that last comment mm-hmm. but then he's like he's like he stops he's like i'm sorry i didn't you know are you okay like yeah again Hilo is Hilo's a stand-up guy 
Um, and Chiefs, <laughs> Chiefs like keeps wanting to push the fight. So uh, Hilo, they fight again. Hilo tries to walk away. <laughs> yeah, and then Chief like goes in on him, and then yeah, he grabs this wrench, and he like just like there's sheer primal rage in his face, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's the moment that he kind of like he snaps in that moment, but then he snaps back. It's kind of like he went, kind of realized how he like went a little too far, and then kind of it falls off. Yeah, and he says, and "I he don't even this... know why I'm mad at you. My Sharon is dead." That's and he does this dramatic falling off of the rafter. Thing. Yeah. Every time I watch that episode, I always like notice that. Part. <laughs> um, like, that's acting. I read that is acting. Hold on, I read. I think it was Aaron Douglas who said it. But it might have been Tomo. It was Aaron Douglas. He said, Tomo and I beat the hell out of each other for six hours. We did most of it ourselves. Oh, wow. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, he's striking a superior officer. Like, Right. It, yeah. <laughs> um, so Tomo, I know, was really into Krav Maga. Um, okay. And I, I know that like for later when he's doing – dollhouse because his character in dollhouse um especially in the early episodes you see him like you know doing krav maga fighting in the ring so i'm wondering if this is something that tomo has had been doing you know all the way back when they did this because having the sort of stamina and energy to have a really physical fight for that long He's probably up to it. I'm not sure about Aaron Douglas, who is stockier and smaller and doesn't look like he spends a lot of time in the gym. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I hope they had a good time. <laughs> they seem to have fun <laughs> doing it. I know actors tend to like when they get to be really physical. Yeah. that's They did that for six hours. That's crazy. I mean, we're taking his word on it. Like six hours is a, a really he's, long time. He's a Cylon. He can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah, I think this this whole sequence was uh, like in when they were uh, like plotting the season. They like so they knew eventually these two were going to have to like see each other, mm-hmm. and so they had been talking about like kind of what to do, and they knew a bit like or pretty early on they were going to do a scene like this and so this was finally the result and you know as a viewer like even you know we were watching in the first season we watched um uh Hilo running around and I always was like curious of how like his relationship to the rest of the people when he finally got to back to the ship like how that was going to work and who even knew so I was always really interested in like how he like Lee barely knew him right and and I liked how they added that relationship between him and, and Starbuck. And, but then this whole thing with chief and him was just, you know, I definitely f- like have a, I feel for chief in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, sort of like, this is like a, you know, a metaphor for unrequited love, <laughs> you know? And um, as a person that has experienced that for um, like a, you know, primarily my entire life, I definitely like see his side and I'm just like, Oh, that's just, you know, heartbreaking. But then also, um, like Hilo's just like, dude, I, I'm doing the thing I'm doing. We're in love. What do you, what do you want from me? 
So, um, well, and I'm sure there was sort of a lingering tension in that. I'm, I'm guessing that Chief was somewhat aware that Hilo had feelings for Sharon before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because that's that kind of stuff is always a little more obvious than you think it is. So he probably knew whether Sharon did or not, and I'm sure Sharon knew as well. So there's that tension of like. Chief knew Hilo had a thing for her, then this all happens where if it weren't his Sharon, which, you know, it's not his Sharon, but if it had been his Sharon, would the same outcome have happened? So, you know, his sort of, I am putting a lot of headcanon on this, but it's just sort of a human thing of like, well, if she hadn't, been a Cylon if that had been my Sharon and she had gone there would this still would he still have like would she have fallen in love with him and they come back and she's pregnant and Mm -hmm. like that was my girlfriend and as far as Hilo knew that was my girlfriend Mm -hmm. so there's that tension too like I understand you understand now it's not actually her but it doesn't matter because for most of this time he thought that was her so yeah. even though we weren't friends, like you still went after my girl. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had to Hilo they should, had to punch should, it out. Yeah, they should change Hilo's call sign to "Steal Your Girl." Stilo. <laughs> Stilo. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he like yeah, he didn't he it, he thought that it was the Sharon yeah. when he was in the act. Yeah. yeah, totally. And but then. But, you know, that happens all the time. And I, I, for one, am always just like, hey, like, you got to, like, two people like each other, you, they should most likely go down that path. Because love is a rare thing, and it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you're in a relationship, you should probably get out of a relationship before you start messing around with someone else. Well, I mean, I was not talk about that. <laughs> None of these people were in relationships. <laughs> I mean, technically, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's why that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, none of these technically were it's true, but as far as Hilo knew, she was in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. and he still but, you know he he's like his, a, he, he's a, he shot a shot. You know, he had to try. But yeah, he should. He thought, hey, he was they, on. They he die. was on Caprica. He was like, I don't even know if I'm going to live yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. It's like whatever, um, man. She came uh, back for yeah. me. Obviously, that means that she cares about me. He's like, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm going to respect your relationship with the chief and you just stay single. And if we get back to Galactica, break up with him and then we can be together. Yeah. Okay. No, they, he thought he was going to die. She yeah. was pretending she thought they were going to die. Uh, he knows that he was manipulated by a Cylon, but also he fell in love with her and she fell in love with him. And she keeps making that choice over and over again. She's choosing Hilo. And chief knows that's not my girlfriend. She just looks exactly like her and sounds like her and has her memories. But it's not my girlfriend. <laughs> Dude, that is terrible. Like, that's why I feel so bad for him. It's like, jeez. It's like. I know. Like, and it's, then it's, what it's does like, he do? You know... He goes after Cal. Ugh, oh, God. <laughs> Downgrade. So, uh, wow. That's harsh. Um, but. <laughs> no, but it's like. It's like I feel I kind of feel that way. Like if uh, you'd like date a, if you date a, the people that date famous people, and it's like you break up, but then it's like you have to see them all the time. Still, <laughs> like 
<laughs> I like, yeah, think about that weird. sometimes. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want to go House see Party... that movie because it's got my ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend in it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, like, Carly Kloss? Cla- Carly Kloss, she keeps going to Taylor's concerts she even went after to... they broke okay. up. I'm... <sighs> Gaylor stuff is so <laughs> so bizarre, <laughs> but also Carly Kloss only went to one show. <laughs> I did she? I think she just. My sources told me that she's gone to two. Really? Anyway, well, maybe you have maybe you have sources that TikTok did not get footage of because I only saw yeah. of her at one concert and she wasn't even in the <laughs> VIP section because they are not friends anymore. Yeah, and the blind item was that <laughs> she was paid money to go do that to get some people talking for some reason yeah I because uh some well. like yeah because uh, i i don't know anything about taylor swift i know so much the, yellow uh, it's yeah, i know really you i know sad. you know so much i know you know i i see some of your posts <laughs> <laughs> and i I, have, I bite my tongue i, I don't comment because i'm like down I'm like, the she, rabbit hole <laughs> I'm like she loves it so much, and I don't want to. I don't want to like like let people love what they love. But I also don't. I don't get. I'm pretty sure my understand. post said this woman is a fucking lunatic. Yeah, yeah, you did. It was the whole thing about she is a <laughs> lunatic, and I love her for it. She's yeah. Crazy. I was I actually was thinking about it as I was like going to sleep the other <laughs> night because I saw your post, and I was like, I was like. I was like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, like whatever. But I'm like, but I'm like, she loves it so much. Let her love it. Like, who, like, uh, what do I care? Yeah, what do you, you know? care? Yeah, what do I care? <laughs> so it's just like people, people love her, and that, that's great. I just, I don't get it, and I just keep living my life, you know. So I mean, if I were, if I were a different person, I would really be trying <laughs> to get everybody to love her because I truly think that there's a gateway song. For everyone, because I, she's got so many different types of music. There's a gateway for everyone. But I also understand not everybody's going to like things I like. It's fine. She's only like the she's... biggest star in the universe right now. I feel like she's a Cylon. It's actually. <laughs> she might be. Yeah, there's something there's I don't know. Her brain anyway. <laughs> works very calculated in a way that yeah. if it weren't if she weren't doing things for good, I would be terrified of her. She right. could use these yeah. powers for evil. She just chooses yeah. not to. She is a lunatic. But I say that with love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where where are we at? Uh, uh, oh, we're back at the CIC. Oh, so we're at the CIC, yeah. We yeah, so that fight happened on the radio. I guess Taylor Swift was playing <laughs> or something. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so we're back in the CIC, and D is blah, 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 blahing, and some lights start, and her station blows up. It's really scary. She well, gets first knocked out. there's like a big, like, loud feedback noise in her earpiece, and then... yeah. And then her, then there's like that power surge that like basically like pops her station. Yeah. It's like Star Trek, Star Trek uh, whenever they, you know, they always have to have like 
tension on the bridge. So they, <laughs> I mean, I, I always get into it, but I always laugh because it's like panels just blowing up. <laughs> like that, that's really bad ship design. It's like, what's going on in this panel that there's what's in there that needs to blow up? Like, it's just electronics. Like, come on. I love that but. there's a there's an undertone here of Ty blaming Gata for this happening mm-hmm. because he networked the system. But mm-hmm. again, with like a typical tie where he's blaming people for orders that he gave. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> the only totally way funny. we're going to be able to get the fleet back that I lost. So you yeah. have to do it, <laughs> even though Adama would hate this. We have to do yeah. it because we lost the entire fleet. And now that, like, there are remnants of this virus that is learning and trying to take over their ship, he's like, Ty's like yelling at Gaeta about, I'm not interested in excuses, you need to fix it. And like, the fact that Gaeta only was like, it's not an excuse, it's a fracking fact, mm-hmm. instead of like, hey, mother fracker you were the one who told me to do it in the first place Mm -hmm. i just appreciate gata's ability to hold back well i mean so in the transcript for the director's commentary there was like that discussion like about gata um and just like how it it's actually it was actually funny because like everybody in that's present in that scene turns to look at Gato lose his shit right, and it's it's kind of funny because it's like it's like what has to be going down for Gata to be shouting yeah <laughs> like that's the reaction from everybody and then you know he says it's like you know like you know a few weeks ago you saw Adama getting shot in the CIC and that was a big deal, but it's like, what, whoa, 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 whoa. What's with Gata's yelling at somebody. <laughs> Let's stop and find out what's happening right now. Yeah. But that sort of like also shows the, like the, like the tension because it's like, he's the last person that you would think that would do that. Yeah. So everybody's yeah, on edge. And yeah. Everybody's on edge. But then, you know, also, I mean, to be like, to have to go through that amount, of code and to figure it out for something that he knows that he's like, he, even though like he's responsible for not in a bad way, not in a blame way, like they all did what they had to do. But then with Ty coming at him like that, it's like, dude, like, you know, tone it down. Right. And Adama steps in Mm -hmm. like dad, get yourself together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah Adama's like has the coolest heads uh coolest head in this entire episode yeah I think yeah Ty you know Ty's kind of like what's his problem and you know Adama's basically like you know when we've been months on the run everybody the reality of their situation is starting to hit everybody and like this is going to be every day from now on even though there's an earth to be found, it's like there's nothing left to do other than all those day-to-day things that they're doing. And so it's hitting everybody, everyone that this is their reality now. And I guess it'll just it'll manifest in different ways, whether it's in um, playing cards or <laughs> talking to what is not your ex but looks like your ex. 
um, lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. So back on the flight deck, this is actually an interesting scene just because of the deleted portions of the scene. Um, But we'll talk about the scene as it's, as it's shown first Uh, on the flight deck. Uh, Apollo approaches Chief and um, says he needs a ship for drills. And the Chief says, you know, basically, nope, sorry, it's grounded. Apollo's pressing about getting it. He needs it. Um, And Chief again is like, no, it's grounded, not going anywhere. If it's a horse, we'd shoot it. Apollo kind of like tones it down a little bit and doesn't press as much and, you know, kind of sees the desperation of the situation and, he basically says, you know, nobody's expecting you to do murals, uh, murals, <laughs> miracles <laughs> uh, to the chief. Um, and the chief, you know, he's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> well, he says maybe that's the problem. So this scene was, a, a, you know, the scene as it is, is, is it's fine. But they actually had this whole sequence at the beginning of this scene where it's a one part funny um, where Starbucks is talking to Chief, and then she asks Chief where he got this black eye. <laughs> He's like, I fell down a ladder. And then she walks past <laughs> Elo, and he points to his face or something like that. She, see, he see, she sees a black eye there. And then she walks past Apollo, and she's like, be careful. There's a lot of people falling off of ladders. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> kind of acknowledging that the two of them had their, had their dust up. Um, but then um, while uh, Apollo's talking to Tyrrell, Celix is down um, underneath um, a Viper and something happens and one of the ships starts to power up. And um, potentially, if it had ignited, could have killed anybody who was in the path of the engines blowing up. And Chief just like blows up at Celix and... Lee steps in, kind of has him calm down and like it was a mistake, you know, whatever. And and so Chief calms down. And the implication actually is I didn't even pick this up when I read when I when I saw the I saw the um, the scene, the deleted scene. But the implication is, is that it's the Cylon virus that's actually the culprit. Um, mm-hmm. So. um I only bring that up because we were talking about how the two plots weren't really connected yeah. very much. And this was an instance where it was, but they cut it out. So I guess this episode did run a lot longer um, and they just had to make different uh, decisions to get it under the, the time limit. So then we're back in Tyrrell's rack. And um, he can't sleep. Uh, he, he gets up. He goes to this uh, section of the deck. Um, he tapes off a section. And then he just starts working on something. <laughs> and then in walks your favorite. Yeah, that fucker. Jammer. Jammer J. Jammer. Um, and <laughs> he's followed by, you know, a few others. But... Uh, they're like, hey, Chief, what's, uh, what are you doing? Um, he's like, hey, I'm building a new fighter. And they're like, you know what? Like, they start kind of question, like, are you doing, you know, what about our rotations, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, it's, uh, it's strictly on your off time. And kind of expecting everybody to, like, 
kind of be inspired. <laughs> I find it interesting that it's Jammer is the one that is like the naysayer about all of it. Um, I <laughs> really funny uh, <laughs> interchange. Uh, again, I didn't grab the what's the what was the older uh, uh, knuckle dragger Figursky. It's Figursky, that's right. So he, uh, uh, Jammer says, I wouldn't even know how to begin. <laughs> and Sigursky's like, uh, yeah, what else is new? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, at the time, back when they said that, I did, you know, wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like anti-Jammer. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, like you, you really were a tool from day one mm-hmm. guy. Um, Jammer snaps back. Um, he rambles off some excuses. I mean, uh, to give him credit, he's not wrong here. Like, building a ship from scratch, he says, we're talking about fabricating a frame, avionics, life support, it's impossible. And from a certain point of view, that is true, because they know how to fix an already built ship. They don't know how to build a ship. They might have some ideas of how to put a ship together because they know how to repair one, but they don't know how to build one from nothing. With very limited I mean, supplies, and yeah, I don't know that the, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I, I just because I, I feel like it's the point isn't necessarily to even have success; it's just to have something to do. Well, that's sure, but that's not the way that Tyrrell is framing this. He's saying we're going to build a new fighter. We're going to build a new fighter. So this is going to be a ship that flies. And what he's not thinking about is like, you might be able to build something that looks like a ship, but you are, none of us are engineers. So how do you give it life support? How do you give it avionics? Obviously that takes more people. I think it takes people that they don't actually have on this ship, but Mm -hmm. they manage it anyway, you know, getting, as we'll see later, D coming in to work on the communications. That makes sense. She's a communications officer. So obviously there was somebody who understood something like avionics and life support. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I guess the kind of where I'm, the point I'm kind of going is that the chief was basically saying that he was basically saying like, we are going to build this. Right. And, Jammer gives all these reasons why they can't, so it ends up just being Chief for now. Yeah. Right? Um, And I don't think Chief expected that he was going to be able to do all of those things from the start, but with everybody's input, that could happen, which it did. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like almost any, almost any endeavor that you, like I, you have a dream to start something and, you know, there's, there's that one person that's got to be like the negative one and say, you can't do that. You know, yeah. like you don't like, just don't be that guy. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, basically it just, and I thought it was interesting that it was jammer was the one to be the voice for that. Um, the rest of them actually didn't really speak up, but he chief ended up shutting them all down yeah. because of that one knucklehead like he jammer didn't believe in the impossible when he was on new caprica nope you know and he was like no we can we can oh this guy (laughs) so yeah i just i i i think that uh, she like he obviously was 
there was like a sense of faith that he was going down, but I don't know that he necessarily had any intention for it to be like, like how it was going to look when he was done. I don't think that that was kind of where he was kind of thinking about any of it. So just kind of how I, I saw it, but in my notes, it said effing jammer twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We cut to, uh, Rosalind, who's getting some news from Doc Cottle, and um, just by the way the scene's set up, it's bad. It's very bad. There's a bunch of bad looks going back and forth. Um, not a lot of talking. I think in the original cut, there was like a lot of dialogue between the two of them, but the way, again, in the editing, they were smart to just kind of leave it with them just kind of looking, and you, you get that it's bad. Um, she asks how long, and he gives her weeks, um, a month at the outset, he says. Again, we know Doc Cottle pretty well by now. And so the very fact that he's not smoking a cigarette or he's not, like, being sassy <laughs> or anything lets you know yeah. that he this actually is something, like, dead, uh, literally deadly serious that he's discussing with her. And he actually feels for her but yeah weeks which is crazy says something about it going to her brain if it goes to her brain she won't be able to work yeah and he shuts i mean she shuts that down it's like oh so terrible (laughs) i wonder what's gonna happen Uh, (laughs) and then we go to the scene uh we go to this one of like one of the first scenes at least to me that just feels completely out of place but it's part of the the plot portion of the episode and i never li- really liked how this laid out but um yeah so they're in the they're in a shooting range um i thought it was kind of clever they had the little like uh sharon picture sharon on the bullseye i didn't like that so much them. i with apollo shooting it i thought it was appropriate yeah so i mean obviously but um yeah apollo I mean, he's he's absolutely nailing the bullseye with Boomer on it. Things start to get really kind of like wonky in there. They're talking about the fact that they're down on the deck. They're building a ship. Paul's like, who's going to fly it? Starbuck like goofily is like, I'll fly the ship. Um, hot dog collapses. Starbuck thinks it's funny. We see a little... Uh, well, her, like, her mania starts when she laughs and says that she'll be the one who will fly it. Mm-hmm. And then when when Hot Dog collapses, then she laughs even harder. Yeah. And, and we, see, we see there's a little oxygen gauge that's lowering, so we know what's happening. It seems a little, like, heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I like I've, I mean I I've had altitude sickness, and I remember how loopy I got. It wasn't like that, but I definitely felt super spaced and like unreal in my brain. So it definitely like with hypoxia that apparently happened. Um, when <laughs> when a hot dog collapses, she looks at him and says, "You look like a blueberry." Like yeah, it, it seemed a little too like it was a little too much for me. But you know, who am I? But a, it but a it lowly. felt in slightly in character for her because she's the way she is 
the sign she's showing of hypoxia is the sort of like laughing gas aspect. Like mm-hmm. everything is funny. She's got sort of mania and hot dog just passes out and Apollo it seems to be dealing with like like the physical thing. He can't move, sort of rolling around on the ground. Mm-hmm. Which she gets to that point too. Once he starts talking about there's no oxygen, she sort of stops laughing and they both yeah. start trying to fire at luckily they're in the gun range and they can shoot at the door. Yeah. There's a bunch of shots. They miss and then only together with the power of friendship <laughs> can they shoot the glass open. Well, they should have and... shot at the glass to start with instead of the handle. Yeah. So, yeah. Blows open. They get some air. Everything's good again. See, in my memory, that lasted a lot longer than one scene. Really? Oh. Yeah. Like, in my memory, that was a large part of the episode, but it was just one instant uh-huh. like one instance it, in the episode it would it would have made sense for it to be like longer for sure if it would have it would have felt better i think like although them just being in the shooting range for 20 minutes might not have made tv sense but mm-hmm. definitely it definitely felt quick <laughs> right? if this episode had been only about the logic bomb they would have been in there sort of slowly running out of oxygen Instead of quickly mm-hmm. running out of oxygen. Yeah. Like it could have been a whole like, you know, because they, they were doing the training thing later, which why that scene doesn't make sense to me. Good <laughs> given that they almost died mm-hmm. in, like 20, you know, 20 minutes earlier. And he says two more minutes and we would have been dead a little bit later in the CIC. It could have been it's this whole thing where they were training and doing various types of training in a part of the ship. And, yeah. And that could have been over that time. But anyway, you know, it happened like it happened. I am but a backseat driver talking about how they could have done it better. So we're back on the CIC. Gata is going through the code. And then um, it says Cylon logic bomb. Baltar says that it's capable of alerting. Um, And ever since that, incident back in the episode of scattered it's just been kind of like that like it's like learning and testing systems and it's like waiting to be activated they're kind of wondering like why now and like we know the now is because the cylons are on their way but they don't quite know that just yet but i think it took this long for it to crack through gata says that it took this long to crack their encrypted passcodes. And once that happened, it started Mm -hmm. testing the ability to control the systems. So that's why now. Yeah. So it's like, it's just kind of getting, it's getting itself ready for when the the main event happens. And and I kind of imagine that this is, I mean, this is what happened um, back when the fall of the colonies, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, because there, there were reports of weird things happening on ships here and there. Um, So this was, we're basically kind of seeing like if Galactica had their computers networked way back then, this is, this is what would have been the case. Uh, luckily we have a, was it a Cylon expert an on expert. the ship? An expert. 
And we kind of like, you kind of assume it's Baltar, right? Like for a second. Yeah. Because that's what he's always been. And then and it's like, oh, wait, no, they skip past him. And I think this was like, and the intention here was to have them actually show that and then have Baltar superseded and overlooked. And then he's kind of dealing with that. So there was a whole sequence with him and Six, actually. And they cut that all out. I'm glad, actually. He wants Hilo to go get to talk to Sharon. So then uh, we get back to Chief, and he's trying to, he's busy trying to lift up part of the ship by himself, the black, the future Blackbird. Um, he can't. And then, um, Sigur- is it Sigursky, right? Sigursky? Figursky. 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 Um, he comes in um, and he helps. He helps uh, lift it, and then Jammer comes in. The helpful guy he is comes in and helps it. Meanwhile, um, high up above, uh, Papa Adama is watching them all kind of work on the ship. And again, it's a weird, like kind of like a weird segue from the scene, the scene just before, yeah. right? It's like what brought him there. But Adama is back in the CIC, and he comments on them working on the ship. And Ty, Ty is like, we don't have time for that. That thing's never going to fly. Um, another naysayer trying to get Adama back on track. Um, but Adama reiterates that, like, you know, whatever, like, whatever's going on there, it's giving them something to, like, you know, do or believe in outside of what they have to do every other day. Then we get to the other scene that's really weird that we talked about before. And Dee and Apollo are... Um, they're training and it's in a room with a bunch of other people and they're doing like knife. He's training. I think like, he's prob- training her to, like self-defense or how to fight just in case, which, you know, makes sense yeah. in the long run, but mm-hmm. not necessarily in this episode other than to have them, you know, fall on each other and have that moment of eye contact. And then Billy walks in. Yeah. It's it's just like the, the fact that they're doing that where every with everybody everybody else is in the room. Well, I don't think I it's think supposed that... to be flirting. Like that's not But they were so Yeah. They were so like that I'm just talking about that moment. Like the the whole other part it's like it's whatever whatever. But that particular part if I was standing in the room and these two people were like looking at each other that close to each other and like D's almost cracked a smile, I'd be like, "Oh, this is a little Right. Weird, and then Billy enters, and then it becomes Ako Taco, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this is like what's going on, man? <laughs> I just thought it was funny with everybody else in the room. That was my only. But we don't see. We don't even see who's in the room or what their reactions are. We just know that I think right. there's people there so that we know that these two are not alone doing this training, but their like chemistry is growing. Yeah, yeah, but that—I mean—that's what I'm saying. It's just like they're like—I know there's other people in the room. I was like, "Well, these people are about to make out right now." That's like I was in that training session. I'd be like, "What's going on?" I just learned that term, "ako taco," and I said I was going to say it in this episode. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Elo, Elo, um. Uh, is talking to Sharon and through their little um, sound system, he asks her, um, you know, do you have any memories of the chief? 
she says she, you know, she does. Um, then he asks, he asks if she still loves him, and she's like, no. She doesn't say no. She says, you're the father of my child. You're first in my heart. Yeah, that's right. And nothing yeah, is yeah. ever going to change that. Yeah. And so I <laughs> I just think it's funny because then it's like, oh, we get down to business. So about that logic bomb. Right. <laughs> So I had to get this off my oh, chest, man. and now here's why I actually came in. I was ordered to come in here because there's a Cylon logic bomb that Dr. Baltar is guessing is what it is, and, and he shows her the code, and it's weird because she reads it like it's a book, like it's a language. Yeah, it's matrix code. She looks at the matrix code and she's like, she's super shocked when she kind of re- realizes. Yeah, she's like, like, what it is. She's like, I need to talk to the commander. I need to talk to Adama now. And he was like, yeah, but do you love me? <laughs> no, so, she doesn't bring it back up. <laughs> do you love me? And so later, uh, and she confirms basically what Baltar has said. It'll, but it will run its course in a matter of hours, mm-hmm. and it's inferring that the Cylons are actually on their way. So it's not just like it's not just the um, the logic bomb just doing a thing. It's like it's doing a thing because there's an impending attack that's going to be coordinated at the same. Time. She also thinks that she's a liability to them. She doesn't know that they know about the baby. And so what she thinks is they would kill her just as quickly as they would kill the humans because she turned against them. Yeah, so she doesn't she doesn't think that she'll be safe from this and um obviously Ty's not so convinced um but she definitely doesn't feel like she'll be protected. Back on the deck again. <laughs> These segues are really weird. So we're back on the deck, and um, the crew's working on the Blackbird again. This time, it's Apollo being kind of dismissive about the whole thing. And then you see Starbuck is all up in there helping. Dee's down there helping with on the comms. It's a little bit like that. I don't know. Am I saying this right? It's a little bit like that uh, parable or whatever, like the stone soup. Is that, is that the story? When like he like she wants to make the soup. And no one helps, and then everyone starts to chip in a little bit later. I don't know. I might. Have, I. I haven't had that heard that story since I was like ten, but I think it's along those lines. Anyways, High enters, and you know, is kind of wondering what's going on. He goes into that little room that we've seen before, where they have the still, and he walks in. He sees uh, the chief. It's like, what's going on here? And uh, Chief's like, well, I'm uh, grabbing some of the. S- s- uh, he says it's a still. He needs the booze to trade for scrap for the Blackbird. Ty's like, it's never going to fly. Well, he starts out trying to say that it's solvent to clean machine parts, right. and Ty's like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, he 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 knows what's up. <laughs> I know this is hooch. Well, we've made yeah. And he, he, we know he knows um, the way the scene ends. But, uh, yeah, so he, he's like, he needs the uh, scrap. Uh, he needs to trade it for scrap. Uh, Ty is like, it's never going to fly. What's the point? 
And Tyrrell's just like, dude, it's all we've got left, man. <laughs> and in that moment, Ty kind of, like you said, in his own way, softens a little mm-hmm. bit. And he says um, that he's promised the exo of the Ba-Pakal um, that he'd help him out. There's some um, engines that that uh, exo has on their ship that's taking up space. And he says that he's been intending to send some people over to haul them out. Um, so, you know, kind of throws that out there in his own way, helping without, like, saying, I believe in what you're doing, chief. And then... <laughs> No, his way out. I forget the exact. Uh, I forget. I forget the exact uh, verbal exchange, but Ty makes uh, backtracks back inside, grabs a mason jar of some of the, of some of the alcohol, and then leaves. He doesn't say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just and he taps his fingers on the mm-hmm. on the top. Uh, you know. So at least we know Ty's got his uh, replenishing his stash. Cool. So back in. Um, Back in Adama's quarters, uh, we see Rosalind is packing. Um, she's getting ready to, I guess, go back to to her ship. When Adama enters, she gives him back his book, and he's like, "No, you know." He says it I was a it gift. Yeah, and, she, and but she insists. Right. This is her. Like, I'm gonna be dead in a month. I want you to have your property back. Right. 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 <laughs> and. Uh, um, and he doesn't really press like he he knows what she's going through, obviously, but he just kind of lets her be. He tells her the machines are affecting are infected on the ship. Uh, he's not hopeful. And, but he he actually is kind of having this exchange with her because he wants her advice mm-hmm. about something. And what that is, is that. Sharon has a solution and he's just like wondering what to do. Can I trust her? And then, you know, Rosalind reiterates what like she said before is that the Cylons get in your head. They manipulate you. But she has a moment of brilliant insight where she says that humans created the Cylons. Wait. Yeah, no, the Cylons created themselves to be so much like humans that there's got to be... No, she says we created them. There's always a chance we might find common ground. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, mix that up. Yeah, it was the the common ground part. So she has this insight where basically she's saying that they are so similar that maybe there is something there that would have Sharon actually be on their side. Meanwhile, back uh, in the CIC, Gata kind of comes up with this plan, and it's basically the same plan that they had back in Scattered. And this is the this is the piece where I think originally the the way it was written was this was going to all take place the exact same way it took place in that episode, <laughs> where they restart. Cylons are attacking, they have to hold them off, and then, you know, it fixes and they jump away. Um, and then Ron Moore basically just, like, kind of, like, we did that already, let's kind of think of something else, and that's when they came up with this bit with Sharon. 
And it came up, I think, as just kind of like an offhand remark, but it actually kind of grew and grew and grew. And they ended up wanting to do something like a little bit weird with her. Um, that, And it's basically, it's kind of like a reminder, as much as these Cylons do look like humans, we have to have this reminder that they are actually machines. Mm-hmm. And so this is the way that they do it. Still don't know how it works, but... Well, she shoves a fiber optic into her arm and connects it to something in there. They br- yeah, so they bring Sharon in. <laughs> they bring her into the CIC, Hannibal Lecter style, like she's all in chains. And um, she's like, we, we need to work quickly. They let her out of her cuffs. And then this is another like really good character beat. Like she asked D um, if, if D still carries her father's pocket knife. It's only something that boomer would have known mm-hmm. um <laughs> d gives like gives a look <laughs> dom is like give it to her um then she tells data that she needs a comm link um she needs to broadcast all frequencies and and have direct contact to the mainframe um i noticed that it was actually interesting gata actually refers to her as sharon yeah like he calls her by that that name which you know again all those little things are like subtle um, like relational things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she cuts the cable. Meanwhile, we see Cylons are starting to pop in on Dratus. Vipers all launch, and then she cuts her hand. She then tells, uh, she tells them that the Raiders will send a signal to activate the virus, and there will be a few seconds before that will start. So on her mark, initiate a computer wipe. And if they miss the window, the virus will take over. Is uh, are you sure is this gonna work? And she says, "Sometimes you gotta roll hard six. Or have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. And she jams it in her and she jams it in her arm. She jams it in her arm. We see that they're all in like a in a almost like an argyle really cool formation pattern, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting mm. that the the pattern that they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she tells them to wipe it, do it." Um, it's reformatting. Vipers are launching back on the deck. She's like, yeah, it's not finished. I'm totally, my notes are all over the place. I'm sorry. Well, it's just sort of back and forth between on the CIC with people being like, they're coming, they're moving in on us. And the people out in the planes are like, you know, what are we supposed to do? And then the Raiders all of a sudden go offline. They're like, yeah. They just start to like float away, and Adama says the silence sent a computer virus, but we sent one back. And then Ty gives the order for them to just kill the bastards. Yeah, and they call it a you know they call it a turkey shoot, and I guess it's re- it's a reminiscent of an incident that happened in World War II. Um, I'm not really going to go into it because there are actual lives. Involved um, in that incident. Do they call but it a turkey it's basically, shoot? Yeah, yeah. They in the in the the it's the the technical. They don't call it on in the show. That's not what they call okay. it, but it's called a turkey shoot. Where <clears throat> it's uh, basically the opponent just doesn't stand a chance, and they just have their way. And um, again, it's a, it's another incident again where uh, Ron Moore kind of discusses how. You know, this isn't something that you necessarily see in, especially in like sci-fi and ship battles. He says that he's not really 
necessarily interested in the dog fighting portions of the show so you want to have like something interesting about it it's not just that you just want to have the dog fight which are cool i love the dog fights but it's true i want to see an element of character um that's involved in the dog fight so in this instance we actually get to see like them actually get to release their stress and anger and everything that has that has been building up for the past episodes right so yeah the uh the threat is over. We're back on the deck. The ship's being finished. There's a discussion about where are they going to find metal for the hull. And um you hear a voice say who needs metal? And it's actually Hilo and they realize that there's uh they can put carbon fiber on it from Hilo's suggestion. Mm-hmm. So, now it'll fly. We jump to Starbucks going over a checklist. Um, just getting ready to launch the Viper. <laughs> Looks very scary. Is this thing going to fly? <laughs> um, and it launches. Um, the Blackbird is very shaky <laughs> inside the launch tube. And, uh, and as it's going out, she's flying around, kind of getting used to it. But it's kind of like, it's, it seems like it's outside of her uh, Starbucks ability to pilot it. Like she's just getting used to she, getting used yeah, to it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. maneuver in the same way as a viper because it's a <laughs> created machine. It's like if you if you built a car in your backyard, it, it it's going to run differently than the car that was built in the factory. So you got to get yeah, used to it, it. It's important the way that they do this because it's already, it's been so established how deft Starbuck is at piloting things. Like she was able to fly the Cylon Raider that doesn't have any. Yeah. But um, she wasn't able to control that perfectly at first either. She had to get a handle on it. Yeah. So like Apollo's like, stop showing off. And she's like, I'm not showing off. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like they so they've shown that she's able to fly other things. So it's really important to show in this instance that there's this. It's not something that she just sits into and I'm able to kind of do whatever. Yeah. She has to kind of toy with it and like see if the actual thing actually works. And they play with this a little bit because all of a sudden she's going to go for the test, and then all of a sudden it kind of. And it looks it does this weird thing where it looks like it jumps, but it also looks like uh the back to the future um <laughs> DeLorean I thought she just flames. flew away really fast. Yeah. It's like it's kinda weird. Like you can't really like tell what happened there. Well and then like these idiots are like, I no Dratus contact. I can't find her on Dratus. Where are you, Starbuck? And then would she comes back up she's like of course you lost contact it's a stealth ship remember right but so the, but the whole point though was she it again the fact that she kept them hanging on for so long is the point for them to actually be so concerned and in a way she's being kind of a dick about it mm-hmm. <laughs> because because it's like they you know like they have a shot of Tyrrell like uh concerned because like if it was <laughs> If if she was dead, it's like kind of on him <laughs> that that the ship didn't work, you know. And so, 
the fact that she like keeps them hanging on as long as she does has them like maybe something maybe something's not right you know so anyway paula's paula was freaking out Kara, are you okay? That that moment of like almost breakdown is when she finally pops back in. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's clapping, and then the two, <laughs> the two <laughs> Apollos and uh, Apollo's ship and and Starbucks ship are kind of nose to nose, like they're kissing. That's something I noticed. Um, back on the uh, the deck, uh, Rosalind enters and Adama enters. In the background, you hear the Adama theme. You see all of these. Uh, you see these autographs on the ship already. They cut to like I guess some uh, past shots of the crew autographing the side of the ship. She congratulates them, and she's like, "It's more than a ship. It's an act of faith." She gives a speech. Then we see um, there's a, you know, they were like, "This is this was meant to be a surprise," but they want to show her something, and they. There's a little, uh, like, uh, piece of cloth that's hanging over the front nose of the ship, and they pull it off to reveal the name of the ship, and it's called Laura. And because we know that the ship's going to blow up in a few episodes, I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but it's like that moment is so heart, like, heartfelt mm-hmm. and... Um, and, you know, as a, I remember as a viewer watching that scene, remember like as I, this was the point where I realized that this show was like something so much more than it had ever, like I had ever anticipated I'd ever really experienced. And I felt grateful that I was getting to watch a show like this. And I don't have that feeling very often. Um, so I was really appreciating just like, the goodness of this. And then it was reflected in this moment for the characters in the show. Back in the day when I was listening to the podcast all the time that came out, like Ron Moore expressed the very same thing. So he actually says that he wasn't, he's, he's, he's not on set very often, but he happened to be there when they were filming it that day. And he said like, just witnessing that, almost sent him into tears and as he was trying to leave <laughs> uh he saw uh mary and um uh michael hogan and um adama <laughs> I don't know, my brain's blanking out um uh, but he was like they were trying to talk to him and he was like can't talk gotta go and because he didn't want to just lose it <laughs> and because he just was so in that moment, he was so grateful that of this experience of being on the show that he can't, he couldn't quite put his finger on it, but there was just something different about this show. And I, it was, it was one of those moments again, where like I watch, like I would, I watch it and I felt something. And then to have the showrunner reiterate that on his own and a different experience kind of like validated what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing in Black Market, um, <laughs> <laughs> where he like trashes that episode. So I felt validated then too. But yeah, it's it's just like a really good moment. They the, like basically the entire crew's there, and you know, whenever we get moments like this where they get to celebrate something, it always feels a little bit more special. 
because of all the things they have to go through. They give her like champagne to <laughs> christen it, and she pretends to break it over the <laughs> over the nose, and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And she's like, "Just kidding." Um, and then she pops it open. Even Ty gives a little wink to Adama about that, which is a little telling because of their uh, her and her and uh, Ty's little kerfuffle a few episodes before. Mm-hmm. Um, the tree, the chief in particular, drinks it. And obviously, Ty, I'm sure he wants some of that. What in the in the midst of that, Hilo and Racetrack kind of making peace. Uh, it's good. You know, she she says it's a good idea to use the the carbon fiber and they shake hands. And, you know, none of this uh, would have been possible if they hadn't have trusted the Cylon. Mm-hmm. They have common ground. And that was the whole idea behind trusting Sharon. So she they she recognized that because of the baby, uh, I mean, uh, Rosalind kind of recognized that because of the baby, she would actually be motivated to save herself. So there's still a question in terms of loyalty, right? Like, is she is she, is she just did it for herself, kind of like Baltar is, or is she kind of like? Um, is her concern the greater group? Eventually it will be, but right now we still have some questions. Um, right after that scene, the very last one, we have the chief walking into the cell area where Sharon. Um, Sharon gets up and he looks at her. Um, he picks up the phone and then she picks up hers and then we cut. They originally, there's actually more to that sequence, so they cut it out. He doesn't, he says to her something to the effect of, I don't understand, you know, why he's here. And he, I think she says that it's because you feel embarrassed that you still love Sharon. And then it cuts from there. Hmm. Um there's another scene right after this, which is sort of like the next day, the next morning, that um, has Chief walking in onto the, the deck, and there's a viper over in the corner, and Callie's right behind her, and they're just kind of like, so what do you want to do next? And then he's like, get back to work. And then they walk over to the they walk over to the viper, but that scene was obviously cut as well. But just a little, little deleted scenes, uh, uh, action and then Callie keeps on falling in love <laughs> privately, quietly in the background, and that's the end of Flight of the Phoenix. Okay. Do you wonder okay. what Chief and Sharon talked about that we didn't get to see? Um, not really. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of mysteries like that i don't know that it's important necessarily i think we kind of i think the point of it is just that he needs to like come to terms with whatever is on the table right now he's got like you know the word uh, he has some demons that he had to expel Mm -hmm. and he he worked through it and so now he has to you know kind of like forge his own path with the way things are now so it kind of doesn't matter what i don't know that matters what's discussed like even that little sequence where he says that they cut where he says like he was embarrassed 
to still be hanging on to loving um, Sharon doesn't, I mean, I didn't need it. Obviously, I didn't know it until I saw the deleted scene, and I never I never needed it in the first place, but um, it, it could have been anything. I, I, I understand, like, you understand his plight, right? Yeah. And so at a certain point, it doesn't matter what's happening. It's just like, are you going to get over it and move on? So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a little bit of trivia. Um, the population count is still 47,853. It's the first time that there hasn't been a population change episode episode. Wow. Um, Flight of the Phoenix is the title of a 1964 novel where survivors from a plane crash in the middle of a desert attempt to rebuild the plane from the wreckage. It was also made into a movie in the 60s. And then they said there was one in like 2000 or something. Did that star Matthew McConaughey? I think think it might have. I can't remember. Um. There's a wide shot where apparently all of the Galacticus Vipers are deployed um, where it's possible to count how many they have, which somebody did, and there were 42 Vipers visible on screen. But there really should be no more than 34, according to this Wikipedia. So I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be the person who's like, how many Vipers are on the screen? Uh Um, This is the first episode without an appearance from six. Her scenes were cut, as you said. Mm-hmm. And despite Hilo being a raptor ECO, he wears a viper patch during the Blackbird's first flight and christening ceremony. I'm sure that was just a mistake. And the presence of... Blame that on costume. <laughs> the presence of heavy raiders on. suggests that the Cylons may have been planning to board the Galactica in order to recover Sharon and her unborn child. Hmm. Because there were heavy raiders mixed in with the regular raiders. Yeah, and that crazy pattern. It was like they were at the center of every yeah. little. Yeah. So. Very machine like. Yes. It's very organized. Yeah. All right. So was Baltar the worst this week? No, he was no, not the worst. He was not. Who gets full colors? Uh, I give him the chief. Chief. Okay. I gave it to Sharon. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she, you know, she did, she came through. <laughs> I would not argue, would not argue that for sure, for certain. Who would you throw out the airlock? Jammer. Yeah. <laughs> Jammer. <laughs> <laughs> and this week's favorite Cylon? Uh, it's Sharon. Yes. Sharon. Does she have a name now? Is she just Sharon? She's, not Valeri, I mean, she's Sharon really. Valeri, but. Yeah. You know. Trying not to call her Boomer. Yeah. Do we have any reviews? We do not have any new reviews, so we really would appreciate it if you are listening to this episode and in particular liked all of the banter and talk that we did before we got into the episode (laughs) (laughs) to uh, let us know how you feel and what you think about it so far and give us a five stars and the possibility also to give us five stars is on Spotify. Now I was playing with it a little bit. It's kind of hidden, but it's there. Yeah. You can't write reviews on Spotify, but you can rate. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you? 
can find me on Instagram at the Armageddon. Um, First Noel Chronicles on Instagram. FirstNoelChronicles.com. Um, it's my podcast fantasy novel slash Christmas story. And Angela in the Dark on Instagram. And the Angela in the Dark motion comic, which is on YouTube. Um, all of these links are probably going to be shared on this. <laughs> and uh, Boops of Life as well. And then if you live on the West Coast, you might catch me in these streets. So oh. you can find me there, too. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> unless, unless you're running. Yeah, you may, if I'm running. You may see him running in the streets. Yeah, you see people. I see people all the time. I'm running. I see them. I've been going for walks, though, lately. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah. And... uh I've been learning about my neighborhood that I've lived in for like eight, <laughs> eight years. <laughs> well, if you live on the East Coast, you may see me around Atlanta, Georgia, but it's unlikely because if I'm not at work, I'm at home because it's hot as fuck and I don't want to go outside. Uh, I'm an indoor cat. <laughs> you can find... I was, complaining like... how, I was complaining how hot it was here to someone and then she was like, how hot is it? And I was like, well... I looked at the temperature, and then I was like, never mind. I'm not going to tell you, because it wasn't really. (laughs) It was like 78. Oh, my God. What a dream. (laughs) And she was like, it was like 100-something where she lived. Yeah. I have a a thing. I organized an event to plant plants in little Starbucks cups at my patio at work tomorrow. I've had it scheduled for several weeks. I bought seeds, I got the cups, I got dirt, everything. And then I looked at the weather, and it's going to be 95 degrees tomorrow. And I was Mm. like, it is canceled. We will post, Mm. it's postponed, we'll reschedule it. I am not sitting outside. I don't expect anybody to be sitting outside. It is too hot. Because 95 degrees here with humidity is unbearable. So, like, it was not this hot a week ago, and now it is now it's 95 and i can't it's too too much i it's too hot here and i know southern california got a lot hotter than it was when i lived there but i don't think you guys are upper 90s very often no i mean you know where i live in the you know in the valley and stuff it it does get a little hotter but like where i live it's typically not but i will say it has been really it's been a lot more humid than normal and i've noticed this the last few years Hmm. like when the summer comes it's like humid and it's not been like that and that's the part that's getting me and you know um traditionally when they built all these buildings there it wasn't it was a lot more temperate so there's not a lot of air conditioning yeah and and that's that's the part that kills me so it's like it yes like i was talking to my friend and she's like yeah well it's a hundred something here but i'm like yeah but you're sitting in your air conditioned house right now so effectively yeah. it's 73 or whatever it is and like for me my temperature inside it's like 80 something <laughs> you know so yeah i don't miss that um all right, so you where can we find you? <laughs> you can find our show on Twitter at Galactually Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Galactica Actually. You can write us an email at Galactica Actually Podcast at gmail.com. You can find my past work on the Unspoiled Network covering Doctor Who, Lost, Band of Brothers, Punisher, and the Vampire Diaries. And 
there, you can see my Instagram. It's oh hey Jamie underscore between the words. And that's it. Um, next week, we will be covering Pegasus. Yeah, that is um, we're entering a new a new phase for Battlestar. We had a little little break. Yep. From all the year and a half of mayhem, had a couple episodes to like catch our breath, and we are back at it. Yeah. Boy, does it does it go? The uh, introduction of a bunch of assholes. Um, it is a good opportunity for me. You know, I've been watching the original and I, I kind of pa- I've been pausing, waiting for this. The next few episodes I had to watch on the original were the Pegasus episodes. Okay. There. And I've been, I haven't watched it in a while, but now I will watch those so that I can kind of give some notes or whatever. Com- um, compare and contrast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a, this was like, you know, the years but the years in between the original show and the new one like before we even knew that there was going to be a, a actual show that was going to be because there was a lot of false starts over the years like you know we would always talk about the pegasus episodes of the original and so um when that was actually something that was going to be happening on this one, my mind was completely blown because <laughs> <laughs> I could not wait to see how they were going to interpret this. Cause it was sort of like, this is like maybe the most iconic um, outside of the original episodes of the original. This is probably the most iconic moment from the original show um, was the Pegasus bits. So really looking forward to both Okay, well then, until then, what do you hear? Nothing but the rain. Bye. See ya. listening to the Geekscape Network.